0: Welcome back to Type A, Type B, the podcast at the intersection of productivity and creativity. Getting paid for your creativity really seems like the dream. I think it's something that everyone who is creatively inclined is dreaming of since they were a little kid. You get to wake up every day and make money just harnessing all of this inspiration that's inside of you and doing the things that make you feel really happy and fulfilled versus a career that's a little bit more monotonous but there is a dark side to this kind of career too. If you are a career creative, you know that it's not always as rosy as you may be led to believe on social media and in movies. And if you haven't, let me introduce this downside to you. When you're in a super cut and dry technical role that you can leave behind when you clock out, burnout is so much easier to avoid. Work you and real life you have a very, very clear distinction So it's easier to just shake off any of the stress of your job as soon as you leave the office or clock out. But when you're a creative, you're putting a lot more of your actual self into the work and this makes it super hard to distance yourself from the stress. You carry a lot of this work around with you, especially if you are working for yourself and not for a company. There's really no such thing as a nine to five in that instance unless you are really good about setting those boundaries. But in some way, you're always going to have Some of this work on your mind because you're putting so much of yourself into this work. And that's the reason that burnout becomes a really, really real problem for a lot of people who make a career out of their creativity. Sometimes gratitude about getting to be creative at work turns into a stress about the fact that you have to be creative at work. Trying to slog through a project when you feel creatively tapped can be so grueling and so discouraging and honestly turn you off of the whole career. I have definitely been in this position before where I'm doing something that I really love in a job and I feel creatively fulfilled, or at least I was feeling creatively fulfilled until it got to this point where I was creeping up on burnout. And often these are independent projects too. So no one is sitting there telling me that I have to do these things. They're not even part of a career that I have a manager assigning tasks to me. They are things like my blog that I was doing that started as a passion and evolved into something that I can make money from. So before I get into more of kind of telling the story about my experience with creative burnout and how I've learned to actively or proactively, I guess would be a better word for it, avoid it before it comes on, I'm going to talk a little bit about what burnout is. So it's a longer process that usually builds up over time. It doesn't look like singular moments that you are... Kind of stifled by a lack of motivation, one-off things here and there, that could be being tired one day or just not feeling it one day. And burnout might start this way, but eventually it's going to lead to consistent difficulty getting your creative juices flowing if it's left unchecked. So some of the signs of this are procrastination, or if you're already prone to procrastinating, increased debilitating procrastination, dreading getting up in the morning to start work, really intense creative block, irritability with your coworkers, your friends or your family after a work session or during the work session, increased self-doubt and feelings of imposter syndrome, consuming a lot more content than you're actually creating consistently. This is a really, really big one. I feel like whenever I am creeping towards burnout, I always find myself watching more and more movies or listening to more podcasts almost as a way to procrastinate, and to still fulfill that creative part in me without actually having to create output. Also increased physical exhaustion, just feeling physically tired all the time. And then just overall a resentment of a creative process that used to bring you a lot of joy. If you leave this burnout unchecked, it can make you want to completely abandon this career and go to something else because it's tainted your whole relationship with this creative process. There's also a lot of physical outcomes of this, and this is according to Mayo Clinic. So all of these things that start out as a mental thing can manifest in actual physical ways like fatigue, insomnia, sadness, anger, irritability, alcohol or substance abuse as you're trying to either work through it or trying to numb yourself to the ways that you're feeling. Heart disease. It's Crazy that you can get heart disease from this. High blood pressure and an overall vulnerability to illnesses because your immune system takes a hit. So this is like some serious stuff. This is not just talking about trying to make a better career for yourself. A lot of this is make or break for a career and make or break for your actual physical health. So that's a little bit about burnout, but then there's also creative burnout versus regular burnout. And there's not a huge distinction here. It's kind of like a rectangle and a square, like all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. All creative burnout is burnout, but not all burnout is creative burnout. So it's under the overarching umbrella of burnout, but it has more specific outcomes. And really the big thing here is that you're still dealing with all of the stuff that people going through burnout have, but you have that added stressor of being unable to consistently tap into your well of inspiration So I feel like creative burnout is even worse. There's an even big mental load, especially if you derive a lot of your identity out of this creative work that you do. Not only are you dealing with all of these outcomes of burnout, but it's also the further and further you get from consistently producing this great creative work that you used to love. And you start to wonder that if I can't do this, if this isn't sustainable, who am I? So it's a very scary thing. And I think it's something that especially now in the world that there is so much stuff you can do as a creative, even just talking about social media, there's this pressure to be on every single channel, to participate in every conversation, to be up to date on all the latest technology. And during that, to still try to get new clients, to still try to release new products. There's just a ton of pressure on everyone in every industry, not just in the creative industry, but I feel like creative people specifically feel like they have to prove themselves by doing all of these things and juggling 5 million things at once. And you add on the business aspect of creativity and it's a lot. It is a very, very stressful thing to deal with. In 2022, I dealt with this a lot, and this was the year that I got dangerously close to complete burnout. I was trying to do everything, and I felt like I ended up doing nothing at the end of the year. I felt nauseous all the time. I was uninspired. I was annoyed and anxious anytime I had to do something but I also felt so much pressure to continue delivering. So I would feel like I have to press past this anxiety and just do it, just get over it. And I think my mental health was really like pushed to the wayside. I was really spreading myself super thin and not using my time intentionally. And it's crazy that last year where I feel like I didn't really get anything done, I don't really feel like I accomplished even a fraction of the things that I wanted to, at least in my career. And I still felt, So burnt out. But in the past year, I've been objectively busier. I've been working my full time job. I've been building up my side hustle. I've been trying to invest in building my personal brand too. And I think I've just been a lot better at using the tips that I'm going to give you in this episode about how to avoid burnout. I've been actually putting these into action. And even with a much, much heavier load of work to do in the past year, I've been able to avoid that awful, awful feeling that I was feeling in 2022 and even a little bit in 2021, too. I just can't stress like it's it's almost like traumatic to look back at what it's like to feel like in the process of burnout. And I think I'm a naturally anxious person, too. So when you add the burnout on top of that anxiety, it is like adding a gallon of fuel onto a massive fire already and it just keeps exploding out and out and out and you feel so out of control but at the same time of feeling out of control you feel like you have to get control over it it feels like life or death it's like there's this massive thing that seems so improbable to wrangle in but you feel like there's no other choice but to try to do that and you're constantly chasing something that feels impossible So if any of that resonates with you or if any of that scares you and you want to be proactive about avoiding it before you ever feel any of those consequences, I'm going to give you some tips on how to avoid it and what to do if you're in the midst of it. So I don't want to sound like a broken record because I feel like I have been beating a dead horse when I'm talking about process, but process really can help you be really proactive about burnout. Chaos causes anxiety and can prevent you from approaching your work in the best way. And the enemy of chaos is process. I mean, I've said before that a little bit of good chaos is good. It's like in the same way that there's like good clutter versus bad clutter in your home. There is some chaos that is just objectively bad, and some structure is helpful. So I think that having this structure can help you keep things on the track throughout the whole journey so you don't have to look up one day and realize that everything has gotten so out of hand so that's all i'm gonna say about process in this episode if you haven't yet go back and listen to a few of my previous episodes one about creating a process and the other one about making sure that you're not over engineering or overthinking it to learn some of these tactics of putting a process in place to make your creativity more scalable so that is the number one thing that i think can help you avoid burnout So what do you do if you're in the midst of it? If you're feeling burnt out, it may not be the best time to do a deep dive into creating a brand new long term process that can be a very, very big undertaking that can end up making you feel more stressed out. I know personally, if I'm in the midst of feeling burnt out, the last thing that I want to do and the last thing I have time for, quite honestly, is to assess what all of my current processes are. And strip them down and try to reevaluate. And like, I'm just not in the mindset where I can think strategically about any of those things in any reliable way. Like, I really feel like in the midst of a serious burnout, like you are in crisis mode. So, I think one of the best things to do here is not to do a complete overhaul of everything you're doing, but just break it down to see what can make it easier in the moment break your projects down into manageable chunks and tackle the type of tasks that you can handle at that moment. And kind of keep it bare minimum as much as you can. So the first thing that I think is really, really important, and this may seem a little bit too common sense, but give yourself a break. I know this seems like the last thing that you can do if you feel like you have 5 million things on your plate and you don't have time to do anything. I promise you it is not going to be in your best interest to fight your body on what it's telling you. If your body is physically exhausted, if you are feeling nauseous, if your immune system is suffering and you're getting sick all the time, it's just not going to be in your best interest to keep pushing through that. If you take a break for as long as you can and then come back and revisit it, the productivity that you're gonna have after you're able to recharge a little bit will more than make up for the time that you were able to take off. So that's just one thing that I think a lot of people when they're feeling so overwhelmed, they think they don't have time for a break. But I promise you, you don't have time to not take a break. Just try to think of how much time you can reasonably take off where you're not going to sabotage anything. If that's a day, then it's a day. I would recommend trying to schedule, and this is what I've done when I've really been struggling with this, and this is how I kind of pulled myself out of this hole that I was in, is I would tell myself every single week on this day, I'm going to not let myself work on anything after my nine to five is done. This is a day for me to relax. If you can do two days, do two days. I think some sort of consistency in this, no matter how small it is. And this, if this means you don't work over your lunch for these two days, then that's something. Just see how much you can step back and see if that's enough to be able to make you feel a little bit less overwhelmed. Sometimes you might have to make the hard decision and say no to a big project. This can be super, super hard. I know, especially if you're starting your career and you're trying to build up this clientele and you're trying to build your audience, it can feel really, really hard and impossible to say no to something that is going to give you a lot of exposure or make you a lot of money. But consider how much you can reasonably invest into that project. If you already have a full plate and you take something else on or if you've taken something on recently and your plate is suddenly overflowing, are you going to actually be able to deliver on that work in the way that you need to? Are you going to sabotage your reputation by taking this on? Even if you can perform well, how is your mental health going to suffer from this? How is your physical health going to suffer from this? I think you have to think in the long term and if you are truly creating a career that is sustainable, and that is meant for you, you will get offers for big projects in the future when you're ready for it. Sometimes you do have to say no to these ones if you are not in the space to take it right now. Another thing related to giving yourself a break, not just time-wise, but emotionally too. Like Perfection is not attainable, and I think as creative people, we love to Nitpick our own work and constantly try to perfect everything and constantly try to do new things and excel. And this is a lot of pressure on someone. This is a big toll on your mentality as you're creating this work. So give yourself permission to make mistakes. Give yourself permission to not be perfect because you never will be. No one ever is perfect. But sometimes I think you just have to give yourself a reminder that it's okay that you're still figuring things out because everyone in every stage of their career is still figuring things out. If you can, try to journal about this. Try to work through some of these feelings that are popping up and see if you can find some resolution. See if you can work through some potential solutions to how you can overcome this need for perfection and for doing all this stuff. I think that as woo-woo as it sounds, journaling helps super, super well. No matter what I'm dealing with, Not even just with burnout, but with anything hard and emotional in your life, just writing it all out is so cathartic that I think sometimes that gives you that support that you need from yourself. Another thing that was a very, very big thing for me in overcoming my burnout in 2022 is you just have to stop doing so much. We get in the weeds of doing 5 million different things and your brain is pulled in a million different directions. So I'll give you some more context from why my 2022 was so crazy. I have my full-time job. It's at a startup. So that basically means it's two full-time jobs. I'm doing a ton there. I have a lot of responsibility. I was blogging. I was trying to post on my homie homies blog once or twice a week, sending out my emails every other week, trying to be active on social media, whether that was Instagram or Pinterest. And don't even get me started about trying to be active on TikTok. I randomly decided in the middle of the year to try to create digital products because I got back into the digital planning space and I couldn't find the right planner for myself. So I just decided to make one for myself and it went well for myself. So I was like, oh, maybe I should create more of these and try to sell them. So then all of a sudden I had another task in my hand of trying to figure out how to sell things on Etsy and the actual act of creating all of these planners, which was super, super tedious and took weeks for each planner. And in the end, by the way, I think I sold like five of these things. On top of that, I was trying to get back into creative writing, something that I really loved when I was younger and throughout college and I kind of lost it and I wanted to get back into doing more of this creative writing. I was also reconsidering getting back into design work. And once I moved to L.A., I wanted to try to get some more clients here and revamp the creative process that I had kind of dropped in the six months prior to that. So you can see here, like, I'm stressed out talking about this, just thinking of how many fucking things I was trying to do. So here is where I like to now rely on the 80-20 rule or the Pareto Pareto principle. I don't know how it's pronounced. So this rule basically says 80% of the outcomes result from 20% of the causes for any given event. So basically what this means is for all of the work that you're doing, of that is causing 80% of all of the good outcomes that you get from that. And that is 100% true for me. And I think 100% true for, for a lot of people. Think of all the different things that you're trying to do. Are you trying to be on Instagram and YouTube and have an email list and trying to do a new website and trying to network at more events and trying to write a book? Like how many different things are you doing as part of your creative process? and think critically about that and look at the numbers. See which of those things is actually leading to the outcomes that you're getting right now. Ultimately, what is leading to your ultimate metric of success? If you are a creative person who's doing things that rely more on followers and subscribers, which of those things is giving you the most visibility? Or if you're someone who's trying to sell your stuff, Which of those actions is leading to the most sales? You have these numbers. You can see your followers. You can see your sales. You can usually track it back to a single event. Now in the long term, there is stuff that you're gonna be doing now that will not show any ROI until later. So it's very, very important to do those things. But if you're in a moment of burnout, This is not the time to do that. If you are experiencing burnout, you're basically in survival mode. So try to put as many of those things that are not actively getting what you're wanting right now, put them on autopilot. That doesn't mean completely stop, but bring them down. If you have been trying to start email marketing and you're trying to send two emails a week, cut it down to one until you can see that the time that you're putting into it is actually worth it. Discover what that 20% is that is causing 80% of your outcomes and focus on that in this moment. And again, relieve yourself of the pressure to do everything. I know we all feel like we have to do everything, but consider the fact that a lot of people that you are looking up to and using as an example of how to succeed in this industry, whatever your industry is, they might have a team behind them. If you are a single person, not a team, you cannot be expected to keep up with all of these people consistently. They might have a team who runs their TikTok. They might have a team who does their website design. They have other resources for this that if you don't have those right now, it is not fair to yourself to expect that you have to perform at their level. And I'm saying this for myself as much as I am saying it to you. I have definitely felt this pressure, still feel this pressure, even when acknowledging it, that like I, I understand to some extent you have to do more as a person with no team than a person with a team. Like you have to just put in more effort to try to compete with them. But again, not during moments of burnout. And even after you emerge from this burnout, cut it down to a manageable amount. Otherwise, you're just going to end up right back in the same place. Just try to think critically about where you're investing your energy and how much you're actually getting out of it. Because if you're investing a ton of energy into something, and you're getting nothing out of it basically, but two likes and stress, cut it out. Do it some other time. Reevaluate when you have more time, when you've maybe automated some of these other processes and cleared up some time, or when you have the ability to hire a team. But take it easy for now. Another thing that I think is really, really important to do is to rediscover your passion and think of what made you want to get into this in the first place. Sometimes the biggest cause of creative burnout is that we get so caught up in the pressure of creative output and doing all of these things and selling things and getting followers and everything like that that we forget why we started doing it in the first place. I was just talking about this in a TikTok that I released the other day, but one of the best ways that I balance my full time job in my side hustle is that I have to continuously remind myself like this is no one is forcing me to do this. I'm choosing to do this by myself because it's something that I love. So sometimes I'll get a new project and my first immediate reaction sometimes is like stress or anxiety that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is something new. How am I going to fit this in? But sometimes it is a very, very great opportunity and it's a great project that I realistically can make time for and you just have to try to reframe it of being like i'm excited that i have the opportunity to do this work. I know this can get a little bit dicey if like you actually don't have time and energy and resources to take on this project, but a great step towards resolving this is reconnecting with what made you fall in love with your practice. Think back on the things that you did, you learned, you thought and you consumed in those early moments. So let's say you're a visual artist. And one of your first memories when you were a kid, when you really, really got into this, is you remember cutting out all of these pictures from magazines and making a collage. Maybe you have to do some of that stuff. The more like things that brought out childlike wonder and passion and inspiration in yourself, bring it back to those things to remind yourself like, oh shit, no one is making me do this career. I chose to do this and I'm excited and I'm grateful for the opportunity to create a career out of this. And don't feel the pressure to monetize these little projects that you're doing. Do this as an investment in yourself. This is a side project. Maybe you give yourself one day a week or something to just create something for you. If you can't do this once a week, do this once a month. There was this one guy that was talking at a conference that I was at, and he gifts himself a birthday project every year. I don't know if this is possible for a lot of people on the same scale that he does it, but basically he gives himself budget and he gives himself time for a project that he is just making up and just doing it for fun. It's not for any client and he doesn't allow himself to make any money from it. So if it does happen to bring some income, he has to reinvest it right back into the project. One of these ended up being two or three years long, I think. It was with Southwest and it ended up just being a really, really fun thing that he was lighting up when he was talking about it. And I think having something, whether it's a birthday present like this or whether it's just some random projects that you do throughout, I think this can really help you reconnect with why you love your passion so much. And like, you don't have to be tied down by any expectations from clients or followers or or customers, you're just creating for you. And I think a lot of this can kind of put some of the light back in your eyes when you're doing and talking about this work. Another thing that may be controversial to say, but get a new hobby. And the reason this may seem controversial is because it seems like a bad idea. If you feel like you don't have enough time to stay afloat, how are you going to have enough time to get a new hobby? But clearing up even an hour or so a week can be so helpful. But if you're doing a hobby, a non-monetized hobby, by the way, this can really help you to mentally disconnect from the stress. For me, this is Pilates and Legree. This is something that I've realized in the last several months that I will pay an exorbitant amount for my Pilates and Legree memberships more than I'm probably comfortable paying. But the benefit that I get from going there and just mentally disconnecting is you can't put a price on that. And I leave there and I feel recharged and I can go into the rest of my day or the rest of my night feeling like I'm ready to go. And any stress that I had before that, there is a moment during and after the class that it's not even there. I think exercise is a great idea for this. So taking up running or doing group classes, starting to weightlift at the gym. This is obviously a great hobby to have because it's good for your body. It's good for your mental health. You get those endorphins and it can help you disconnect. But it doesn't have to be exercise. I mean, I would recommend definitely getting in a little bit of exercise just for those endorphins and for your health. But it could be something else, too. You could do a pottery class. You could learn to sew. You could take up reading. There are so many different hobbies out there, and some of them can be super niche. You could get into cosplay or something. I don't know. Anything that is ideally... Far removed from what you do in your creative career. So you don't have any kind of overlap there. Just something to help you just get away from all the stress of your life. And I guarantee you will be able to be more productive and more creative if you do this. If you just make this hour or two a week to invest in yourself. So I just think overall, take a deep breath if you're experiencing burnout. Because it can... Be temporary. I think that's really, really important to remember that as long as you do something about it, even doing one of these things that I've talked about, it will help you to emerge from this burnout eventually. I think that's really, really important to keep in mind because it can feel really discouraging and really debilitating. And like I get a confidence hit too because when I'm burnt out, like I, my creative output is shit. I feel like I'm not even a creative person anymore because it's such an uphill battle to actually do the things that I used to be good at and you start getting imposter syndrome. So it's, it's a tough place and I really feel for anyone who is there and I think anyone who's creative has, has flirted with this idea a little bit, but just know that it is in your control to change it. It might take more drastic change depending on how deep you are into it, but it is possible. As long as you do something, just don't keep going and thinking that somehow things are gonna change, even if you change nothing, because it won't. The only thing that's gonna change is that you're probably going to end up hating your career and going back to working at something boring that doesn't actually fulfill you. So just do yourself a favor and take some of these tips to heart. Apply them now if you need to, or just save it for if you're struggling with something like this in the future thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is a long one. This was an emotional one. So it was great to be on this little audio journey with you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.